that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Tradition stands. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but I'll fix it in post. Shut no, up. The day we ever get good at this is when we need to stop. <laughs> You know, it's good. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> Even taking it off. If they downloaded the show, they know what they're listening to already. They, well, I mean, after seven years and... They know what they're getting into. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so screw it. Like, if you don't expect it, if you don't understand it, oh, then that's on, that's on them. <laughs> Listen, every episode is somebody's first episode. It's because I did the and different... now this is probably going to be their last episode. I did the different intro last week. So I kind of moved the files around and of course Sarah's got moved as well and I, for the intro and I forgot to fix it back. I unmuted it. It's just not there because <laughs> it's in another fucking track. <laughs> All right. Anyways, the last week has been fairly busy with a couple of pressers as well as packs. So we actually have a bunch of stuff that we're going to discuss. We may as well start with the PlayStation presser that just happened today only because a, it, literally just finished up and it's not going to take too long to go over it. I actually missed some of it initially. I watched some of the other trailers afterwards and whatnot, and I'll go back and I'll watch the whole thing again. But just because I'm a PlayStation fanboy, I want to hear what's coming up with the new the new games and whatnot. Although I'm a little bit disappointed because from what I've seen so far, it was far less about the games, but rather about how they were coded to work with PS Pro, PS4 Pro. Mm-hmm. Because that was the big announcement, which it used to be codenamed Neo. Now they officially branded it PS4 Pro, which, anyways, <laughs> I got things to say, but it's just ridiculous. And this is the big 4K HDR upgrade that everybody had talked about. There's minor upgrades as well to the controller. Uh, we talked about this already before the idea that we are now in a space where the console manufacturers have taken their cues from the cell phones and are going to be putting out a crap load of minor or, in this case, a little bit bigger upgrades. And, and I hate that because even though they're saying, yeah, but the games are going to be coded for both and all that, yeah, but for how long? Because we as can't much expect as I this believe to keep going. Sony, I don't trust developers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the problem. Like they, they can promise everything they want from the hardware standpoint. Sony can say all they want. Microsoft can say all they want. But eventually, developers are just going to stop giving a shit. Right? Well, they're going to every Newest, single developer that we've seen talk about this, whether it be for when they were talking about for the Xbox or this one here. And it's true; they want as much power as they can get. So oh, they're yeah. damn well going to make use of it afterwards. So if given the choice at one point to say, okay, we're going to stop supporting the original PS4 and now just work with those pro stats, it's going to be like, well, I can't see it taking too long before that actually starts happening. Yeah. So, And in terms of what it is, I mean, of course it's a nice console. The PS4 is a fantastic console and this one is better. And it's not like it's excessively priced either. I don't see it as enough of a reason to upgrade because, again, they they made such a big deal about just Mm -hmm. how pretty this looks. And I don't doubt it at at all. I mean, I've seen 4K displays running. I I don't have one, but I've seen them running when we were shopping around for low offer TV. And uh, 
we're looking at those displays. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's unbelievably beautiful. If you want to spend the money. That's the thing, too. Yeah. Although they are going down a price. It's not as bad. But I digress. Sure. The, um, the the thing is, is yeah, it's going to be beautiful. But you know what? The fucking PS4, even on my 1080p, mm-hmm. is gorgeous. And I, I'm fine with that. It's more... Now, if you a if you've got a crap load of money, or b if you're brand new and getting into it, obviously get that one. So in that regard, I don't have a problem with it. Obviously, if if I had a 4K TV, I would at least entertain the Consider, idea. But I don't, yeah. so it's yeah, yeah. It would be one of those wherein I'd have to look. Okay, if I can sell the old one, how much would I get for it? How much more on top than of the original or of the pro? Am I going to have to pay? And then, okay, we'll go with that. But uh, but that'd be the only reason. See, in 4K, like, it's one of those things where it's not like a big draw for me with the, these consoles that are coming out. Not yet. It's, I mean... Well, it's, it's going to depend it, once we see the games. That's the thing. Even still then, because it's the same thing like when HD was first becoming a thing. It was so cost prohibitive to really get into it. And like while we were talking about, yeah, things are, are starting to get cheaper, it's still not that cheap. Oh like, no, yeah, well, I wouldn't replace again when we were looking we were looking for a, another TV so that's why. And and even then we never did wind up getting it because of obviously watching our money now. But the price had come down to a reasonable amount that if you're buying a TV now, I don't right. see why you wouldn't spend a little extra and get that 4K display. Yeah, I'm not I'm not throwing out my 1080p TV, but if yeah, if I was in the market for a new TV, I would probably be in the 4K side. Sure, maybe, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of the games, again, the things that I've seen so far that I that I'd watched, they they talk to devs from Watch Dogs 2, Mass Effect Andromeda, and Rise of the Tomb Raider and Horizon Zero Dawn. And in each case, there wasn't really that much to say about each individual game. Mm-hmm. All they did was keep asking them what it was like to code the games for the PS4. The because time. you have to imagine it's it's got to be difficult to show it off because all you're doing is showing a higher resolution video when I'm sure a lot of the people watching it can't actually see the higher resolution. Yeah. So they can't they even tell the difference. Plus stream cap too, right? Yeah. 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 They made a point of saying that like you're not seeing it. Like it's actually like they, it I, I think they said that they they would have the actual 4K versions of the videos available to download if but you wanted to really see it. <laughs> in that, in, as that, as it pertains to that, <laughs> I would have gotten it eventually. The uh, the trailer that they showed for Horizon Zero Dawn went up on their their channel at 4K, mm-hmm. and my iMac is actually 5K. Right. So I just literally before we started, I watched it because it just just bounced and I saw the the links. So I went, "Holy crap! I need to see this." At 4K, is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it is spectacular. <laughs> it, it like it was one of those. Once again, I'm watching this going, "Oh, I'm buying this game as soon as yeah. it fucking comes." When, out. when you see actual 4K footage on a 4K display, it is breathtaking. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. Talking about that, did either of you watch the the that new trailer for uh, Horizon Zero Dawn? Not yet. Okay, it's like there's not a ton that happens in it, but it shows off a how fucking gorgeous it is, how cool the gameplay appears to be. Joe, you'll be happy too. There's like platforming in this motherfucker, which I didn't know initially, yes. but she was like jumping all over the place, and then. What winds up happening is that she's tracking this picture of Brontosaurus, like 
but kind of brontosaurus giraffe mix kind of thing. Massive. What's that? Made out of TVs? No, but it had like a saucer at the top that almost looked like the the, the saucer portion of the fucking Enterprise. <laughs> and it's nice. just walking along. And it's, again, you're looking at dinosaur scale compared to her. And then she actually had to run towards it. And she starts platforming on the motherfucker. Like until she gets to the top. As she's doing that, I'm going, oh, shit, I'm going to die so many fucking times doing this. But she made it all the way to the top platforming, does her little bit, and then it continues walking off. I'm not entirely sure what happens or why, but it is fucking cool, and it made me want to play the game. And then the Rise of the Tomb Raider, well, it's not a new game. It's just it's going to be coming out to that. They actually did say you can play it on the PSVR. That kind of perked my ears <laughs> up as well too and they're throwing in like all the dlc and everything and you'll be able to do it in hdr or 4k as well and it, they've included some other stuff some other endurance modes some dlc all kinds of bull- bullshit you can actually play the game in 4k using the low polygon count lara from the first fucking game so i thought that's a, that's kind of cool the watchdogs same thing it was all about how you coded it for the game they talked about um, recreating San Francisco. So that was interesting whatnot. Mass Effect had a little bit more because A, they were showing quite a bit of gameplay footage, which was it was nice. It was on a loop, but still. But then you find out that it's the person that you're playing is a Pathfinder and they're off in the Andromeda Galaxy now. So they're basically the alien and they're there with a few known races that you know, from the original trilogy kind of thing, but they're trying to make a home in this new galaxy. So it was kind of cool. There's only, the only thing that'll be familiar to you when you're in the game is what your crew brought over in the ships. Everything else is going to be alien. So I thought, well, that's, that's kind of cool. It's a, it's a nice way to do that fresh start for the IP. So unless you guys had anything else to contribute to this, we can move on. Yeah. Like you said, there wasn't a whole lot to really cover. Yeah. The Nintendo direct, was uh was earlier too it was funny because i was talking to joe about this and i was saying like i really there wasn't too much that excited me and even then the few things that i went oh that would be cool to be i'd play that i didn't have a fucking 3ds so i didn't have to worry the very next day funny how that works out (laughs) my son comes up to me was it the next day or that day even perhaps two days i can't remember two days later you told me yeah my uh my son walks up to me he says here you want my 3ds i'm going what are you talking about? He says his buddy was selling his the new 3DS so that he could buy the new 3DS XL. Fucking Nintendo, man. So, so, so he bought it off of him. And so he said, here, you can have my own. So I gave him what he paid for his so that it didn't cost him anything. But now I got a 3DS. So now I have to play games on it. So now I have to be interested in this shit. Well, at least some of it. Yeah, some of it. Okay, go ahead, Joe. There was a lot of it, too. Like that, They're pinning their hopes and dreams on the 3DS, it really seems, uh, because we didn't hear anything about the NX or anything else like that. It was all 3DS the entire time. Uh, we got the requisite Pokemon news, which they talked a little bit more about Sun and Moon and, and how you're going to see the regional variants, stuff that they've been leaking th- throughout the weeks prior to that. So nothing too extraordinary there. But if you're a fan of Pokemon, obviously you're kind of eating up all of that stuff. Yeah, but uh, then, it's going to be the same goddamn game again. But you, oh, we lost someone. We lost Vince, I think. Yeah, I doubt he cares. Go ahead. 
But it's yeah, it's going to be the same thing. But if you're in this far for Pokemon, every game's always been the same thing. It's still fun. You still like it. You still like the aspect of collecting or completing the the whole task of whatever their Elite Four or Elite Eight or whatever it is at the end of it. So if you're a fan of it, you're going to be a fan of it. If you're not, you're not. You know what you're getting at this point. Let me ask you this. So have you looked into it? A lot of what I'm saying, I'm going by, A, the history sure. of the IP, of course, and what little I have seen because, A, I didn't have a fucking 3DS, but now I do. <laughs> and because also I thought I've done several of the, not the latest Pokemons, but a couple of them back. And it's like, if it's going to be the same, I'm not even going to bother. Have you looked into, into it enough to see if there are actual story elements that are going to be different in this one? They haven't said a damn thing about it. Which leads me to believe it'll be the same thing. I'm fairly confident that they haven't changed it since it was originally released. Okay. I don't think they're going to change it now. All right. Okay. Keep going. Uh, Slightly more interesting is Mario Maker is actually making an appearance on the 3DS, yeah, uh, which I think is really cool because you're going to get all the courses currently available on the Wii U as well as the network. Uh, you're going to be able to play the star courses like you normally can on the Wii U version. But there's also cool little extra stuff like you can create courses on this and you can share them via local wireless and street pass, which means you can go wandering around somewhere and pick up a ton of extra levels without even realizing it, which is kind of a cool feature. I like the idea that they're kind of pushing the street pass a little bit on that because I think it's going to make it a little more fun. Really? Because I found that that's just a way of minimizing the amount of levels or whatever that you could get otherwise because if you're not getting them from people you know then you're gonna have to go out and try to find them places you're still gonna be able to get them and download them like you normally can that's not gonna be restricted so you can still get them just like you can with the wii u uh you're gonna have the online courses you're gonna have the different things where you can set a random playlist and you can download them like normal that's there i'm just i think that's actually kind of cool for especially if like you go out to a lot of places where people hadn't tend to have them uh, public places, malls, work, school, uh, any place like that, you're going to be able to get some extra levels just from doing that without having to have a network connection, which I think is kind of the cool bit about that, right? You don't have to be constantly connected. If you could do both, yeah. I got the impression that it was actually going to be only... No, okay, both. Okay, cool. Okay, then in that regard, yeah, obviously. So I think that's I think that's cool. And they're also adding some uh, apparently new elements that are going to be uh, specific to 3DS where... Uh, there's going to be some differentiation between uh, the Wii U version and the 3DS version. Like the question blockhead Mario is going to be a Wii U kind of exclusive thing, but they're going to have some other things that are just specific to the 3DS just to kind of give them a little uh, variance. But other than that, it's going to be pretty much the same fare. And I'm actually okay with that because I was thinking about picking up Mario Maker uh, as a game just to have, and I would much rather have it on the 3DS than I think on the Wii U. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got uh, some news on the next Mario Party 2, which is Star Rush, which is going to be a single player slash multiplayer experience. What's interesting here is there's no more turns. Everything is simultaneous. Every player rolls and moves at the same time. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Other than that, yeah. standard Mario Party mini games, mini bosses, nothing too extraordinary there. Yeah. Uh, Animal Cross is going to be or Animal Crossing. Crossing is going to be getting new cards, amiibos, and some new content, which is okay if you're into Animal Crossing. I am not one of those people. I know people who are so freaking hardcore to that is unbelievable. Like, I don't get still, it. I don't either. I mean, Tart's one of them. She loves that game. Well, I, Alicia does too. Fun for a weekend. 
I gave my copy away as the tart one pipes up from across the room. Animal Crossing, what? And like rabbit heads. <laughs> Tell her it's an entire episode special on just Animal Crossing. No, because I don't feel like getting knocked out of my chair and being replaced. All right, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> moving on. Uh, there's another game called Troopers, which is Nintendo's version of like the MOBA arena shooter style game where you have special characters and tanks with special abilities that then battle each other. It didn't look too exciting, but I'm sure somebody will be excited by that. Yeah. There's going to be a new there's a new Picross, which is going to have new puzzles and unlockables via Amiibos. Uh, they did talk a little bit, and I don't know where this came from. In the middle of the 3DS uh, basically breakdown, they started talking about the classic NES console that they're going to be releasing, which yeah. is basically the emulator. I I don't understand it. I still don't understand the point of it. Like, you can get so much more with so much less, but hey. Eh. Well, they're not selling it for a lot. It was 30 like bucks. 50 bucks. Even, well, I think, I think it, is it for 40 Maybe but for the same price, you could buy a Raspberry Pi 3 and build a, a Pi Arcade. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear yourself? Yeah. You could build it. Okay, you can build it. I can build it. Vince could build it. I know a lot of people who could. Trust me, I know a lot more people who could not, even following things online. Now, that's not being insulting to them. That's just saying not everybody's sure. got the expertise to be building systems, something like that's, this. That's Whereas sad. this, like 30, 40 bucks, you plug it in. It's got all the fucking cables you need and everything, and it's full of games. Why not? I, I'm saying I personally don't see the appeal of it. That's, I do. I, I'm just saying, and not to be argumentative. I'm just saying, like, no, fuck, that's, I'm that's a tech fair. who loves building computers. You know that about me, too. Love sure. that shit. And I looked at that when I came out, and I said, fuck, I'm going to buy one for that price. Why not? It's easy. Set it up. Boom. There you go. You're laughing. So, yeah, I got no issue with it whatsoever. I don't have an issue with it. I just, again. And them, I, and them advertising it. I don't see them at that as bad either because, I mean, it's one of it their just, products. It seemed now, so. out of place in what was essentially their presser for 3DS. It just right smack dab in the middle, too, which was kind of out there, at least to me. I, I didn't feel that way, but, I mean, it doesn't really matter one way or another, but, yeah. Fair. Uh, we also got some news about Hyrule Warriors getting some new playable variations of characters. Uh, you're going to get Toon Link and Toon Zelda from Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, which actually look like a lot of fun. Uh, this is going to accompany four new classic Zelda amiibos that are going to be released. Ape-It Link, uh, I believe the other one was Twilight Princess Link, and then there's going to be the two tunes, which uh, is going to be sold as a two-pack. That was actually pretty interesting. The gameplay sounded cool, or looked cool, and I like the fact that Link had a special ability that allowed him to basically beat people with a train. <laughs> that was fun to watch, not going to lie. Uh, from there, we got Dragon Quest VIII, uh, which they showed a little bit about, uh, but they were more about Dragon Quest VII, which is an older game, but is getting updates, not just a higher-res version for the 3DS. It's also getting brand-new content and is being made Street Pass compatible. That's pretty cool, yeah. at least to me. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, this is a great episode. Oh, God, give me a minute, guys. I am not editing any of you motherfuckers. <laughs> One more week of this terrible fucking internet. It's all left. It's rarely ever been this bad for you as it, it has been this week. The last couple weeks has have been a nightmare. Oh, yeah? Jesus. 
Like it'll work fine for a couple days and then you have a day like today where it drops every 10 minutes. Did you actually watch the Nintendo presser? I did because I was off that day and I woke up and it was on. Okay, he's at the point where he's talking about the uh, the Dragon Quest stuff. What did you think of it? I mean, at this point, I, I'm I'm ready for it. Like they didn't really show off anything I hadn't already seen or been aware of. But uh, so you already knew about the seven that was going to be re released. Yeah, we talked about it a few episodes ago. I never listen when you talk about Dragon Quest. <laughs> if I've watched the video, I'll go. Yeah, I saw that, but I don't put two and two together. <laughs> Is it personally? I'm more excited for eight because that's hands down one of my favorite rpgs ever but i i'm i'm also excited for seven because i never had a chance to play it on the ps1 and it's said it's not just a re-release it's completely remade from the ground up using the dragon quest 9 engine yeah okay is he back no yeah i'm, I'm back okay <laughs> uh so yeah i'm i'm all for it I, I don't think i'll pick it up just because i don't have enough hours in the day but it's on my list for maybe down the road to pick up Okay. From there, we got Sonic Boom, uh, which I think is the most hilarious name ever and always makes me think of Guile. It's going to have new story, swap, swappable characters in the middle of combat uh, with speed running in mind, apparently. They didn't really touch more about that. They just said they wanted speedrunners to pick up the game. And there's going to be a brand new villain called Defect on top of the already new story. Uh, then from there, we had Shin Megami Tensei, which, I mean, Vince, while you're, you know, here and stable, you want to talk about that one? It seems like <laughs> yeah, a yeah. Vince game. <laughs> it's uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse, uh, the follow-up to Shin Megami Tensei 4 that came out, God, I think three, maybe four years ago at this point. And it was the first mainline entry in the series in a number of years. It was a great game and gloriously fucked up in all the best ways, but... Uh, <laughs> Like, at least for me, once I need that on a T-shirt. Gloriously <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> uh, once you get around the halfway point, the game changes very drastically, both narratively and in uh, a gameplay aspect. So I kind of disconnected with it because it just became like hard to navigate and whatnot. But so I never actually finished the original four. So I might go back to it to see because Apocalypse looks pretty great. Yeah, I know nothing about it. So like I, it looked fun. But I was, yeah, no, I'm okay. Listen, now, if, if you like fighting demons with dick monsters, it's your game. <laughs> yeah, not my game. So one game Who that doesn't is like mine. fighting demons with dick monsters. <laughs> I'll raise my hand right here. Now, something that I am really excited about is the Yoshi wooliness that is coming out. So uh, Yoshi's Woolly World was a fantastic you game. Squealing from down here. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, but it's it's great because they're porting it to the 3DS with every single bit of information that was in the Wii U. So all of that information is being brought down and they're going to add new features, uh, all new stages. And they're also adding stages focused on Poochie, which is one of Yoshi's lovable companions. He's a giant yarn dog. How can you not love a yarn dog? And not only that, there's going to be Poochie puppies with new content revolving around them. That's cool. Now, if that wasn't cool enough, there's going to be an animated short uh, let me be specific. There's going to be 30 animated shorts that are going to be included in the game, as well as when this is released, a brand new yarn amiibo for Poochie, which I will be buying with the game because it'll be sold as a bundle. And neither of you care about this game whatsoever. It looks cute. I, I have nothing against it. Pretty much what he said. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I'll be eating it up and I'll be playing the hell out of it. That's for damn sure. Now, from there, we had Ever Oasis, which is a JRPG 
done in the final, well, I guess Final Fantasy slash Prime style, which looks really interesting now that we got to see a little bit of the, the gameplay where it focuses on swapping characters within your party to solve puzzles, but as that that sort of Final Fantasy role-playing game aspect where it's you have a quest, you have things that you have to do and build up in characters. And it looks really... I, like, it looked honestly, interesting. It was cool. It looked yeah. cool. It's on my radar now. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of the few ones during this presser that I went, if I had a 3DS, I'd probably strongly consider yeah, it. Yeah, same thing. I, well, I have a 3DS, but I saw this and I was like, oh, this, I is, do. this is different. Like, I'm really... <laughs> they didn't Go show ahead. off too much of it. So I, I, I'm, I've got my eyes open for more. Yeah. Yeah, but the pedigree behind it looks impressive as well. I mean, yeah, I'm good. Now, we did get another Mario Sports Superstar game, which is going to be a whole bunch of Mario Sports Classics. Tennis, baseball, all the good stuff. If you're into that type of stuff, more of it for you. There you go. The one that I'm actually excited about is the new Pikmin. It's a side-scrolling mm-hmm. Pikmin, Pikmin action in puzzle-solving game that looks incredibly fun and looks like a fantastic way to bring Pikmin down to the 3DS. Yeah, like I never played the original Pikmin on the GameCube, so like I never really particularly care but again as far as like a simple little puzzle game like this seems like a great handheld games and that's the thing like we haven't really seen a lot of really interesting handheld games from nintendo recently like especially nintendo nintendo not just third parties so like i actually like this like it didn't show off anything amazing but this is one of those games where i went oh okay like they're doing something interesting with the 3ds again (laughs) Yeah, and I like the fact that it's one of those games that looks like it's going to showcase both screens during gameplay, not one screen has the gameplay, one screen has a menu or controls or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also really cool because we don't see a lot of that. And and I forgot to mention that Sonic Boom will be doing that as well. Uh, Sonic Boom is going to be another game that also makes use of both screens at once for gameplay. I want to see more of that in the life of the 3DS, especially now that I have a 3DS XL. Uh, I really am all about that. Other than that, that was pretty much it. But that's a lot for the 3DS from Nintendo. I thought there was one Wii U game. Now, of course, I can't remember what the hell it was. Uh, All I saw was 3DS stuff. Although, I don't know if you guys talked about it when I was uh, in the void. But uh, I know somebody who is exceptionally excited for the new Galaxy 3DS. Oh, no, we didn't mention that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Dare we guess? (laughs) I, I'm sure you can figure it out in less than three guesses. So it's not bad enough she stole your Vita. Now she's trying to get you to buy her a new 3DS as well. She did not steal Vita. So she stole she, your Vita. She stole it with her and feminine wiles. For, for, just to clear the record, she has since purchased her own Vita, and I will be reclaiming mine in a week. See, reclaiming? That uh-huh. there, oh, that yeah. terminology means wait, exactly wait. that. Roger, that, that sounds like it was stolen, stolen. doesn't it? Because you reclaimed stolen, stolen property. How, how, how can somebody steal stolen. something that I sent? Like, It's not like she snuck it into a box and mailed it <laughs> to Pennsylvania. Listen, Nigerian princes steal things all the time, even though people are willingly sending you stuff. So I'm just, I mean, it's the classic scam, man. Moving I just want to put this out here. You're calling her a Nigerian prince? <laughs> okay. Moving on. She won't be insulted. She's going to take it as a compliment. Before we princess. tackle PAX West and <laughs> in keeping with Nintendo, also today was Apple's presser. And big reveal there. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Working with freaking Nintendo. Mario is coming to iOS. And this first game is very simple, of course. 
Well, I, sh- I shouldn't say simple. It's it's not a full-blown Super Mario Brothers kind of thing, but it is a, a platformer of sorts. And they made sure to try to code it in such a way that it's not being clunky like a lot of games are with where the buttons are and what you can do and whatnot. It's all one button, one finger pressing to make him jump and, and such. So it looked cool, and it opens those floodgates now that we can see so many different Nintendo IPs coming to iOS. I thought that was great. And then they did announce the new iPhone 7 as well, of course, which everybody banked on. What I thought was interesting was the uh, the Pokemon Go. As on far the watch. As like, on the watch. Because we've all been wondering what was happening with that, that device that was supposed to already be out by now for Pokemon Go. Well, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Apple decided that they wanted to be first on the market with that. And yeah. that's why we haven't heard anything about it. Although, man, that's been in a steady decline, too. Or do you guys both know still, like, I obviously haven't played it in forever, but do you guys still both play it? I do. And my the weird thing is, and I work in an area where there's a bunch of very popular Pokestops and gyms, and the, the tide of people has not stopped, even with, really? like, school starting, things like that. There's as many people there, like, I'll still go pick okay. up, you know, Tart from work at 1130 at night, and there are people sitting outside, like, teenagers on their bikes like going to the the gyms and going to the stops and stuff like that like it's there's still a lot of people and i'm surprised by that actually okay yeah, so like i've never been the one to okay pull out the phone and wander around the neighborhood because well you know what my neighborhoods are like <laughs> you'd <laughs> but, rather be out in a hurricane than out in the, <laughs> at night um but when i go like i i take walks occasionally i have it on me and like when I'm out running errands, I usually have the app open. So, you know, if I pull into a parking lot or at a red light, I'll whip it out and see if there's anything nearby. That did not sound right. I was going to say, wow, <laughs> Florida man talks about whipping it out at a red light. Man, way to way to keep up standards. <laughs> yeah, as like I said, it's never been I've never been one of those people that's like constantly out hunting Pokemon. But as far as just like something to do to occupy the time, I, yeah, I still do so regularly. OK, the the stuff with the seven is important, the, the, the iPhone seven. And we've talked about this at different points throughout this podcast over the years is because, again, it is a, not just a viable, but a very competitive gaming platform. And, I mean, there's more games available on that than anything else. And people will be condescending and stupid saying, ah, they're not all games. No, a game is a game. What you think of it doesn't matter. It's still a game. And I've been playing games on my, uh, my iPad since... I got an iPad as well as the iPhone, and I've played spectacular games mm-hmm. on on both of those. So I have a lot of respect for gaming on those devices. And this here, there is so much extra power coming in that um, that new seven that they were showing off gameplay for that RPG. I don't know if either of you watched it, but it was smooth as all hell and with like a lot going on in screen destructible environment all kinds of things and it looked phenomenal you know and people who crash on gaming on mobile devices like your phone or the ipad uh i hope you're enjoying that bluetooth controller you have probably in your house somewhere because you can thank mobile gaming for that like it's one of the number one peripherals bought for phones at this point is bluetooth controllers that's that's how much gaming has come to those devices. Only soon to be surpassed by the new earbuds. <laughs> okay, we're not getting into that shit. <laughs> that's why I wasn't going to bring up the camera either or all the other cool I, stuff. I, I, you know you, know you weren't going to escape at least a mention. Yeah. Anyways, okay, let's move on to packs. 
So this year there was a number of games that were interesting. Interesting, although again I didn't see a ton of stuff. Joe, you I, have, first thing that I saw was that record video that you sent me, which they they aired there. That yeah, looked they, the, cool they as did shit. The, the reveal trailer, release trailer. I think they were calling it. I forgot what they what exactly they said, but it's a launch trailer. It was really pretty, and yeah, it had some bits that we've seen already, but apparently there's going to be a dog, which is relevant here because your first companion is a dog, uh, followed by a bug-like creature, a little insectoid, um, that are your first two companions that you get. Uh, But there's a story here, and we didn't know what it was, but apparently the way that this world is working is like they're... The video is an open letter to you, the character who's a daughter or a friend of whoever the the narrator is, and I think that's, that's her father. It's her father, and yeah. it's it's cool. It gives you some some idea of what you're going against, and I think that that's I liked what I saw. I liked it because again, it's a it's a letter from a father, and I can I can appreciate that that idea of if you knew that your time was coming. And that your child would be on their own afterward. You would want to send that message back to encourage them, to to tell them everything that you think of, of them. Because it's one of those things where and we can all appreciate that because we've all been young as well. And your parent tells you something positive about you. You don't always hear it kind of thing unless it, you rarely get that. But if it's a normal household, it kind of brushes past you. And it's not until later on where you get those messages or letters that it has such an impact because it's it hits you then a lot a lot harder so this idea of her getting this voice message from her father i thought that was cool as hell it's a cliche but again it was well done and it sets up what it's going to be for her there in this space and also how difficult it's going to be for her to survive but that he has faith in her but it's going to be tough be prepared and so i really dug that now, and that was I thought was a really nice touch, especially the way to introduce the game. But one of the cool things that came out of PAX West is there was actual playable content for the game. And so a lot of the news outlets actually got a chance to have hands on for 10, 15, 20 minutes at a time. And from what we're from what I saw, from what they were allowed to, to show, which is pretty much everything from their play experiences, uh, the puzzle solving is really clever. The mechanics look really clever as far as like swapping out your core between your companions and how many companions you can have active at a time, uh, as well as like gaining resources to make that happen. There's a lot of really cool platforming and puzzle solving that happens in this game. And I mean, they had me at platforming to begin with, but everything I'm seeing here, it's it's this is really clever and well done from what I'm seeing. And I hope that what we're seeing from that snippet is translates into the rest of the game because I want to love this game so hard. The thing too, is that they are point blank uh, marketing it a lot. They're marketing it well in that they're giving it a lot of press, but because it's a new IP, they're dropping the price down as well. So it's not going to be selling for as much as normal games and yet still be this phenomenal Mm-hmm. game full game anyway so if we want more of that we need to reinforce that kind oh, yeah, of absolutely. pricing and marketing by buying the game saying yes thank you very much and and buy it i will be buying it that's one of the reasons i mean i wouldn't buy it if it was shit but it looks like a phenomenal game great story so far great voice acting the dude who's playing the father is uh one of the guys from star trek enterprise the series mm-hmm. the tv series and i love that guy's voice 
and we were talking about that before too. And so again, to encourage them that yeah, if you're going to do new IPs for a cheaper price, pff, I'll help, I'll support. Well, and, that, and that's the thing that I think is really awesome is because a lot of times we get new titles that are coming out like uh, Grow Up and Grow Home, which release at full price or at a premium price for what they are. The order. Not say, what's that? The order. The order. Yeah. The, <laughs> the order is a, a great example of a game not worth the, the full price. But how many times have we been burned by like a $60 game, you know, or that, that we had to take a chance on here? It's a, they understand that. And I'm absolutely in love with that idea. I will be buying like if I wasn't absolutely going to buy this game before, I'm absolutely buying it now to reinforce that. Just like you said. Yeah. All right. Uh, did either of you watch the new stuff for Mafia 3? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I'm impressed I'm with what I've seen. It. <laughs> oh, I've been loving what I'm seeing. I And I I mean, the last one I played was Mafia 1. And, and even then, I, I don't even think I finished it. So it wasn't a series that I was like nuts about. The name means fuck all to me. I could care less. The IP. It's just I really dig the the setting. I dig the characters. I like the 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 video with the again. It's a heist and then the double cross and everything happening uh, um, with the characters and the backstory with the main character Lincoln Clay and his time in Vietnam and everything else and how it affects him out of the uh, once he's done his tour and whatnot. I'm actually really freaking impressed with it. And then when you see what they're planning with the DLC as well, and with him working with the CIA for, for different things as well going on, again, I thought it was the more I'm seeing, the more I'm really impressed with the game. I, it's not a game that I'm going to pick up day one, and I'm certainly not going to buy it full price. But when it comes out on sale, I'm really looking forward to playing it. Here, here's my problem with Mafia as a, as a series. It has a really cool setting. It has really cool characters. And it has some very cool ideas. But Mafia 1 and Mafia 2 have proven that they're terrible at bringing those ideas to life as far as writing goes. So when it comes to something like that, especially with those beats that you're mentioning, those are incredibly story-driven things. And if you can't back those up with solid writing, you're going to basically do the same thing that happened with one and two is you're going to get to a point where you can't look past the shitty writing anymore i'm not saying that this is going to be the case but do you know if it's the same writers though i think it is actually so i mean i it looks like the team has expanded so hopefully they brought like people that actually can give them direction and help because i want to love mafia as a series i really really do but when your dialogue is stilted, when you're, you know, the story is not developing the way that it should, and it looks like it's just kind of jammed together, you lose me. I don't care how pretty the game is. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and that's what I'm afraid of here. And I hope that I'm proven wrong. And I hope that they come out swinging. And I hope that they come out and say, yeah, we fixed our shit. Here's the story. It's fucking solid. I really want that to happen. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Hob. Vince. Hob. Yeah, Our- this is... <laughs> this was the the game we've been looking forward to from uh, runic games the guys that did torchlight and we haven't seen a great deal but everything we have seen has really been very awesome. interesting huh awesome yeah <laughs> and now we finally get to see like big gameplay elements other than you know a little trailer here and there i found a couple videos of like entire i don't want to call them levels but at least you know, cohesive areas, if you will, because we still don't know the general concept of the game. 
And the first one was this cool little, it looked like a very early area of the game, very uh, like a forest, very spread out. Definitely seemed like a place like, okay, get used to the controls and whatnot. But it's cool because you have this very nature oriented setting that as you're playing through more and more of the clockwork elements that we've seen start to pop up to the point where you, you finally access the next stage of the level and the entire thing li- literally rises out of the ground and you get to see all oh, the yeah, gears and clockwork that's like inside the island or whatever the hell it is before it pops back down and you get to traverse the surface and like i'm fairly certain that's got to be one of the first areas of the game because that sets such an amazing tone for what to expect later on it reminded me of like a super upscaled bastion and i fucking love it Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's so interesting that like this this feels like a super giant game i keep i keep getting this mixed up with uh, what the hell's the one they're working on the the football fire yeah pyre like i every time i see hob i have to remind myself it's runic and not (laughs) super giant But like I said, it sets the tone for what to expect later because they showed off this amazing clockwork tower level, which it was insane. And you could see that the game is definitely built around exploration and environmental puzzle solving. Uh, Okay, how do I move this here? How do I access that? There's platforming elements, but it didn't seem like it was a precision platformer. So, Roger, you'll probably be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, you'll have to jump across a gap, but it didn't seem terribly difficult. But these environments were fantastic. It looks gorgeous. They have, you know, a cartoony, uh, very animated looking art style. But the thing I really liked most about it is it's very high contrast. Like, the the way they've designed it with you know the thick black cell shaded type lines and all that it's very easy to distinguish a path you're supposed to follow like because you have these weird clockwork levels with walls and ledges and just all kinds of crazy stuff but at least watching it i could always tell where i was able to climb or not me i wasn't playing but where the player would be able to climb or jump to like nothing was like is that a is that a path or is that just a piece of artwork? So they did an amazing job with the level design, both uh, mechanically and visually. Like this was, I, I was really happy to see this, that this really checked off a lot of boxes of, okay, this is going to be pretty damn good. So I'm going to let you guys on a little, little secret fun thing that I've been doing in the background. I've been so in love with everything that I've been seeing from Hob. I can't help myself. I'm making a little clay thing, a carving type figure of those little weird dudes the little white ones with like the, the, the crystals in the head because i fucking love them and i just want to make one and i'm going to paint it up that i'm going to like put it out out there because i've i've been enthralled with everything i'm seeing from this from the character design the artwork the the level design that we're seeing just from what we're seeing from gameplay now this is it's i can't wait like every time i see it, i just i start shaking i need it i need it i agree Okay, moving on. Joe, what did you think of that Valhalla game? So I, this is one I've actually been really looking forward to for a while for a couple of reasons. One, the art style is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, unbelievable. Now, this is Jotun, uh, or Jotun, uh, Valhalla. Yeah, this isn't the bartending game. No, yeah. this is not the bartending <laughs> no. game. So in, in Jotun, you play as Thora, who's a Norse warrior who died an inglorious death, and you have to prove yourself or herself to the gods in order to enter Valhalla. It's a Soulsian style game as far as giant fucking bosses, 
environmental puzzles, environmental interactions. Uh, combat is very Twitch heavy from what it, we can see. And I've actually been watching a bunch of gameplay from it because they showed uh, the first level, at least. And it looks absolutely gorgeous. And it's done in, in an isometric style. But it's it's like you're playing a hand-drawn cartoon. Yeah. And that right there, how fluid it is. I'm so impressed with what I'm just seeing now that it's it's ridiculous. It's like playing in, uh, I don't want to say 80s, but going back away, maybe 80s, like that animation style. It's not insanely detailed. It's about rotoscoping, the, you're thinking? It's the style. What's that? Almost, almost like rotoscoping? No. Again, I'm trying to picture which films I'm talking about that are similar, but I honestly, I can't even think about it. I can't remember. Not but heavy it, metal, right? No, 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 no. But no, it's again, it's that it's very stylish. I like the movement as well of like when you're seeing the branches snapping at her and there's no whether it's a him or her. It is a her. They said it in one of the things. I I don't believe you can play as a male. They didn't say that that I heard. No, no. you're only playing as, as her. a female. Yeah, Thor. Yeah. So, no, I really dug how everything moved and how the bosses worked and everything else, too. Very, very. Oh, cool. can we can we also talk about the sweeping vistas and how gorgeous those were from what we saw? Some of the, the views. Yeah. Like when you're coming up on new areas and I thought this was really smart of them. They show you like sort of the level that's going to unfold before you and you get this beautiful view of it no matter what it is. And it's just, just gorgeous landscape. Yeah. Okay, moving on. They they talked about uh, the Walking Dead season three, but really, barely nothing but to say it's coming out in November. So that's you're going to be playing as Clementine and uh, the new character uh, Javier. So and it's four years later, so she's going to be quite different. That's one of the things that uh, I'm really kind of excited to see as well how it's handled because with all our issues again with, with the Michonne series. I'm thinking this is going to be handled differently and along the lines of season two, which while not as good as one, I still enjoyed it. There were aspects I wasn't crazy about, but overall I liked the story and I, and I enjoyed it. And what I, and I think everyone else, which is why they're doing this as well, we're all enjoying is that passage of time of watching Clementine age and the idea of her being like a teenager now. And if this is successful enough, no doubt they will work on a season four. And we're going to continue to see her getting a little bit older. So while we thought initially that, you know, Lee was going to be the hero of this series, we're finding out, no, it's all about Clementine. And I really, really freaking dig that. Uh, Moving on, we got some more gameplay of Cuphead. And I know we've talked about this. There's really no story here. It's just a fucking cool game. Talk about old style art. Now we're talking about like old 40s, 50s. Oh, there's story cartoon. You're working for really? the devil. You're working for the devil. There's plenty of story here. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're, seriously. Seriously, you're trying to buy your soul back by doing dirty deeds for the devil. He's sending you as your as errand boys to go and collect whether it's like souls of bosses and shit like that. There, there's enough story to keep that's, me interested. Okay. Yeah, there you go. There's a story, damn it. I I adore the art style. It reminds me of, I'm not that old, but we used to watch a lot of those on rerun cartoons. Those really old those were still uh, on in the eighties, man. Those yeah. aren't that. Yeah, I watched them. No, no, that's what I mean. But it's, it's. I, I really dig the style. I love that the music is matching it and mm-hmm. things like that too. I like the, um, the the, 
the, the way they use different quote unquote weapons, like when it's finger guns kind of things as well. I love the old timey cards when you're setting up your abilities of what you want shot one, two and your super and your charm to be kind of thing. The, the, just the general look of it all. I absolutely adore. Can we, can we also talk about how smooth it is too? like looking that like a hand drawn cartoon yet again, how smooth the movement is, how smooth the animations are. What a time to be alive, man. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Vince, what did you think of the Book of Demons? This was interesting. I'd actually never heard of this before, even though apparently it's been out for a little while on Steam Early Access. Yeah. And it's a papercraft card deck building Diablo game. Which I'm makes in. perfect sense when you look at it. <laughs> I am fucking in. That's a- <laughs> but yeah, it came out on Steam Early Access earlier this summer after being in development for several years. So this wasn't just something thrown out there. Like that, that you can tell this is an actual game. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's really cool. They said they wanted you know something inspired by classic PC games. That's kind of what this company uh, is specializing in. Uh, called Thing Trunk is the name of the developer. But they said they wanted to evoke the feeling of Diablo, of the exploration, of the combat and whatnot, but in a very different way. Whereas instead of, you know, talent trees and and, all these gear drops and whatnot, it all comes through like cards. And it's very, for me, it was very reminiscent of Hand of Fate. Yes. Where, yeah, where, okay, I drew the sword card and, you know, the fireball spell card. So that's how you're going to be playing as you get to these drops. And since it's a deck building game, you can customize. And they say that, like, that's going to be necessary. You're going to need the right equipment and right spells to deal with certain enemies. So it's that Diablo formula, but with a very unique twist that makes it its own thing. In addition to the adorable art style, <laughs> friggin' origami Balrog is like the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. I thought it was gorgeous. I love the gameplay, the concept, and it's not just because I love cards. It kind of is a little bit, but it's not just that. It just seemed to be a very organic way of a blend of different tabletop kind of games. And mm-hmm. so I, again... It made me think more of Armello for myself than Hand mm-hmm. of Fate. And again... Well, I guess I haven't played Armello, so Hand of Fate was just yeah, my... Yeah, But it's that kind of idea of let's blend some different kind of things together, different board game elements together and see what we could do with it. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm right now I'm debating. Am I going to wait until it's out on the one or am I going to pick it up actually early access on Steam to play because it, it looks okay. freaking awesome. Well, as of right now, on early access, it's twenty dollars, and for the next seventeen hours and sixteen minutes, it's marked down to fourteen ninety nine. Oh, really? Mm hmm. Ooh. Ooh. So oh, listen, what Rogers doing get fucked <laughs> because it'll probably be done by the time you hear this. But uh, for us, <laughs> but and they're they're also you know they said it's. Uh, <laughs> It's not just inspired by the gameplay, but a lot of the other stuff is really picking up off of, you know, what we know from Diablo, where it's, you know, this super grimdark fantasy, but they're doing it in a more tongue in cheek way as more of like a satire or a parody with the the actual story and the characters. And they also said it's going to be very accessible that, you know, if you don't have an hour to slog through a multi-level dungeon, like you can actually customize the quests based on how much time you want to play. If you've got, you know, 10 minutes, you know, between phone calls, Roger, you can go on a quick 10 minute quest and get some rewards from it. I got it up. I'm going to buy it. 
It's 25% off. That's a, you know, I'm 14 actually surprised that he hasn't done it already. Yeah, I'm going to look at this a little bit more. I'm probably going to pick it up on uh, on Steam. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I obviously, if I'm this close to picking it up, I'm way impressed with this. I cannot wait to see what they do. And I'm I'm hoping, hoping that it, they're going to do the same thing as Armello has done and kind of release more elements to it, be it different mm-hmm. cards or different things like that so mm-hmm. that you can continue to play. I can see from their, their updates. They are very active in the actual development of this game and working with the community. And like this is this is what early access is for. Like they, they seem to be doing a very good job of producing this game. Yeah, awesome. Did you guys watch the old or actually no, there was no video. I saw the I saw the screenshots and the just a little write up on the old man's journey. I thought no. it was awesome. I it's, saw it in Discord, but I said I, I've, my time's been kind of limited. It's so funny <laughs> because you're. So wait, is this, a, is this a game about you traveling places? I'm confused. No, because I have my hair, <laughs> but it's an old man, and he's walking around, and you don't quite know yet what the the what the purpose is of where he's what he's trying to find, kind of thing. But it's it made me think kind of like of Firewatch. This idea of you're just there to follow along and for this slice of life and see what's going on with this person. So, and it's a, it's a puzzler, but with unique elements because you're not dealing with a freaking Nathan Drake of uncharted that can do anything. And is supposed to be an everyman. No, this is an old man. So when you're doing different elements of the puzzler and whatnot, you have to keep that in mind for how you're going to get him across to where he has to go. So, I, I, I thought it was fairly cool, and the art style was gorgeous. Really, really nice. Simple, but very stylish. Did you see the video for Strafe? I, I haven't seen the latest one, but I've seen some previous ones. Okay, now, had you given me, told me what the game was about before, you know, <laughs> and whatnot, and it's this 90s shooter mentality kind of thing, I would have said, eh, there's so many shooters right now, really do I want to. Yeah, it's an interesting art style, kind of really old school. Yeah. But then I saw this fucking trailer. You have to watch the trailer. It's like this this remake version of like, hey, now you're a rock star. But like really slow and like weird and hysterical. <laughs> and it's from the perspective of you're watching one of the mobs who's like just kind of looking around this demon looking thing. And like, what is going on here? Picks up a head off the ground and is looking at it. And then you don't realize it until partway through. It's like, this is one of the mobs that's trying to kill you, <laughs> the protagonist in the game. And it was just freaking hysterical. The trailer's worth watching alone. It was absolutely brilliant. So did you, either of you have anything else for PAX specifically? Not specifically for PAX, but just to touch on it, like we've talked about from the last few PAX is how little there was to see. And I finally figured it out that... There is just as much to see at PAX. Like, I follow people who have been attending, and they talked about all these cool games they played. Just nobody's covering PAX. Like, when you go to IGN or, like, any of the sites, like, yeah, they'll talk about what Microsoft showed off at PAX or, like, what the the main company showed off. But PAX is still this, like, super indie developer show, and it's not getting the coverage that it used to. That's something I realized with this, this latest PAX that... We, we they said we've talked about how oh there wasn't anything to talk about at this PAX and well there was stuff to talk about just nobody's actually talking about it it's a little disappointing yeah yeah it really is actually so okay let's move on we're gonna cover just a couple of little games um, Vince you had found the bunker <laughs> this is 
Well, it's basically the 1990s, the game, because it's a live action, full motion video adventure game. So, you know, we're talking Sega CD stuff here. (laughs) But I'm interested to see what somebody can do with this genre in 2016. So the concept here is you're in some sort of disaster, fallout, nuclear bunker, whatever. And well, shit goes wrong. (laughs) And I actually got to see... uh, a gameplay sample of like the first half hour of the game. It is hilarious. I don't know if it's intentionally hilarious (laughs) because you play uh, at least what initially, like from what we've seen in the trailers, obviously there's some more stuff going on. Literally the last survivor in this bunker, a guy who is essentially grown up hiding in his bedroom because his mom wouldn't like let him leave. So his mom dies and he's the last person left in this entire bunker. And it's, you know, imagine a 30 year old who's only ever been friends with his mom. And that's this character. He and it's done in this. I, I'm sure him being British really helps because just his mannerisms, his costuming, like the way he stands, the way he talks. It's so unbelievably awkward. I love it. Like he, <laughs> it, this is the guy that we're going to follow around through this game. And like, it's actually interesting. Uh, the gameplay standpoint, it's minimal, at least from these early parts that I saw. But it, as an interactive story, at the very least, it's there's definitely something here that I want to see more of. I just just of how stupidly awkward this guy is. I love him. <laughs> And what about this Oxygen Not Included? I actually didn't read up on that one. Yeah, this is the latest game from Clay. And before we get into the game itself, I every time Clay shows off a new game, I'm blown away. This is the company that made Shank, Mark of the Ninja, Don't Starve. They have a very impressive output of software. Yeah. And they never repeat themselves. I mean, yeah, they make sequels. They did Don't Starve Again. They did Shank 2. But every time they come out with something new, it's something new. And this is a base building game. Like, think Fallout Shelter is the easiest way I can describe it because it even has, like, kind of similar, like, looks. But, yeah, you're colonizing some weird planet somewhere. Like, I didn't actually get into the the specifics of what's going on. But basically, you're sending in a bunch of clones. They're called duplicates or something goofy like that (laughs) to colonize this planet. And you have to manage, okay, you know, build this, dig there, managing oxygen, waste. Like, it's, it's a complete, like, sim tower sort of style game of managing this this base that you have to build, but it's done in that very clay way of the art style is immediately endearing. The animations are perfect. Like it's goofy. Like it's obviously not a very serious game. Like (laughs) when you send your duplicates down into a pit to start digging up ore, but you didn't quite run oxygen down there. You see them starting to choke and gag and they'll run up the ladder and start panting. (laughs) At least early on, the best way to generate power is a gigantic hamster wheel that one of your duplicates has to run in to charge the batteries. Like it's very endearing and it's I'm looking at it. It's definitely something I can lose way, way too many hours in because it just looks so fun. Actually sounds like something that'd be perfect on a tablet. Yes, I, I would assume it's got to have a tablet version. Like, even looking at the interface, it seems very tablet-friendly. Yeah, cool. Okay. Uh, Joe, did you see the uh, look any more of that Astro Boy Edge of Time Kickstarter that I'd shown you? I had looked at it, but 
I won't I'm not, back it. Be- not so deeply. Yeah, it's one of those where I'd be interested to, to play it, but not enough yeah. that I would back it, which sadly appears to be what a lot of people are thinking because they're 14 days to go and they've, they haven't hit the 7,000 mark, which is a far cry from their 50,000 that they want. I think, I think part of that, though, is, is Astro Boy is one of those – it's a great IP that hasn't been marketed to the current generation like at all. So it's an unknown quantity. The current generation, even you know our generation. Like I'm, I'm referring we, to the current generation as us. Well, when you say current generation, I'm thinking we're the ones that spend 20-ish. money, yo. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying like even you and I. And I, I'm yeah, I, I hate Roger. to break. I hate to break it to you. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you! I was gonna take your side there for a minute. <laughs> but 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 I'm saying like even those of us who are more aware of the Astro Boy IP, like. It's, it's still far and few between. Exactly. Like what what's what's been done with it in the last fifty years, other than you know an occasional little thing here and there. Like it's it's not something that really resonates. Which now, is too bad this, because it looks good. The mm-hmm. gameplay looks had really this, good. Had this come on like the, the the tail end of like let's say a revival of the Astro Boy movie, mm-hmm. then maybe. Yeah, it's too bad. Joe, did you look into that Tyranny game? Oh, I've more? been following the shit out of this man. because we got <laughs> a lot more, and it was like drool worthy freaking looks awesome so tyranny we talk about how much choice needs to make a difference in gameplay so what happens when you make a game that choice is completely left up to the player it has a divine impact on the world will affect everything in the world (laughs) and is done in the same style as Baldur's gate laugh i don't know what that is Oh, we already know which one's going to be the Dark Lord. Let's just be honest. I mean, oh yes, so there was never any doubt. All the peasants, <laughs> but it's it's an interesting concept. You as the player are playing a character that's been tasked with enforcing the law as you see fit. You get to interpret it. You are the judge and jury, and you gather a party and you go forth into what are they're called the tiers in this one, which is how the world is divided. There are different tiers of like society of like this giant sweeping empire. And there are little areas and big areas, contested areas, and you're trying to spread the rule of the, of the law, essentially. And you have complete control over how to do that and how you interact with things. And every choice you make will determine how people, NPCs, react to you. It will impact what players and NPCs you can have in your party, and it will do things like uh, from what I understand here, have an impact on somewhat your appearance. Uh, so if you come across a tent city, uh, you can give them food and water, or you could shove them onto spikes and lay them before your enemies to let them know what happens to those that are squatting in the lands of your lords. It's a really cool concept. And some of the the things they're showing off that you can have in your group are not like your traditional NPCs either. I don't know if you've been like you've read any of the blog stuff at all. Yeah, I read some. Yeah, actually, I read quite a bit. Uh, so I really like the concept of the beasts and the banes. I think that's really cool. Uh, the beasts are not quite beasts, not quite men that sort of live in the wildlands. They're really, really cool. And they they're sort of like apex predators that you kind of get to your side. And there's all different kinds. There's shadow hunters. There's mantaborn, which are like aquatic, semi-aquatic tribes. It's really, really cool. Um, there's also the Mage Bane, which are, you know, like they say, they're 
gonna go against magic. There's there's so many cool little nuances and, and quirks to this this IP. I'm sold. Like this is I'm I'm all in. I want this. I'm very looking forward to playing medieval dictator Judge Dredd. <laughs> it looks cool. And I it's funny because I was thinking about it more because I finished off the trooper storyline in uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, and I'd never finished that one off. And so I finished it off as part of the Dark versus Light event. But what really bothered me was that I was playing him entirely dark side. If there was a dark side option, I was choosing it because I wanted to reach the dark level five and because I was one of the achievements, blah, blah, blah. All that just to say... As, not just as I'm playing it, but definitely towards the end, you can really see how it was written with light side options in mind, preferred, because there's very, very little consequence to your actions if you choose the dark side option. Certainly there's going to be maybe some more deaths or something like that, and I don't toss that around casually. I'm just saying as a writing device when you're playing it, there's next to no consequence. If you tell someone who is above you in, in rank, if you're a jackass, like poor General Garza. <laughs> that woman, I would choose options that were so bad, like assassinating a senator. And the first thought that crosses my mind is, oh, I can't wait to see what Garza's going to have to say about this. <laughs> but there was no, she. you'd give her lip and then it's like, you're a loose cannon. Yeah, it should be like, you can do that. Hey, watch your tongue, but there's no consequence. And then there was no consequence if you're talking with people below you where you're like, no, screw that shit. I'm telling you we're leaving now. They're like, eh, I'm not there. You're going to have to come and find me anyway. So you're going to have to do what I tell you to do anyway. And there was mm-hmm. way too much of that. So what I like about tyranny, which again, I was reading that article literally right around the same time. And I was thinking they're not afraid to embrace a much darker game. And there's going to be a lot of choices that you can make. And they are tossing in some, quote unquote, good options for people who are morally bankrupt. But for the most part, it's really embracing the dark aspect of what choices that you could make in this setting. And I and I dig that it's like it's at that, that time, the Bronze Age, where iron was just being used to forge, to start forging weapons. And it was a lot cheaper for them so they could mass produce it to have much larger armies and things like that i i like the historical parts that are woven in with the obvious fiction magic aspects as well and whatnot and right to the point of when they're talking about the different um uh, groups of soldiers be it the stone shields or the crescent runners or, or things like that they're using different things that have historically been done by various militaries across the world. So again, there's a lot of aspects of this game that I am seriously looking forward to playing. Yeah. No matter what, you're always going to be representative of this conquering empire. You're always going to be the quote, bad guy from a certain point of view. Like there's varying levels of, you know, how malicious you can be, but yet there's, there's, I like that there's this definitely this moral ambiguity that even if you're doing the, quote, nice things, at the end of the day, you're still theoretically on the wrong side of history, if you will. And it's going to be really interesting to see that play out. Well, the other thing, too, is that if it's well handled, whereas 
again, going back to the trooper, playing the dark side option feels like being the bad boy, whereas it really, really wants you to be good. Here's going to be a game that really wants you to be bad, but kind of going against that is going to be choosing the good options, not the bad ones. The the good options just mean the people that you're subjugating are not going to riot and rise up. (laughs) That's that's so interesting way to approach it. Yeah. Okay. Lastly, and very, very quickly, because Joe and I have been talking about this like freaking crazy now for the last few days, and I've been talking to other people too. Legion has been out now for just a little over a week. It has. And in this time, I haven't noticed. I didn't even play the first two days it released. In the time since it's been out, in in less than a week, I finished two zones and half of two other zones, and. It's not like all I did was play WoW either. I I finished the Trooper storyline and a bunch of other achievements that I needed to reach the eternal tier of Dark versus Light. So, and I played other stuff. I just, I'm withholding judgment to see what it's going to be like later on. But even Joe, you were saying today, like you're done everything but Saruman right now or Saramar? Saramar. Yeah. So. yeah, but we're. This is one of those things we're going to agree to disagree. I think the zones are a decent length because the, you run into their week. And oh, what's week. your point? My point is that for two, for two zones, right? Well, I, no, I get I, it, but the, here the thing is, the story isn't just contained in those moments, and that's one of the things that you'll see when you get to one ten. Is the story keeps going? Those zones aren't done. Done. When I say that those zones are done, I've completed the initial run of them, getting to level one ten. Like, there's more to it after that. And I'm still having fun. I still think there's a lot of value in it. But I think if they would have done the zones any longer than they did, which each one lasted for about two and a half levels, give or take, um, if they would have done any longer, people would have lost interest. Any shorter, that would have been dumb. I think they're. I think it's the perfect length for leveling right now. And I think what they're doing with how they're revisiting and encouraging you to go and explore and do other storylines in those zones, I think is well done because it gives you ample opportunity to go back. And there's a lot of shit that I didn't see when leveling. So I understand where you're coming from as far as your gripe goes. I just don't entirely agree. Yeah. And, and I'm, again, it may change as I'm playing it. Maybe there will be a lot more going on, but from what I'm seeing and from what I've heard from other people as well, it really is fairly fast getting through everything. And for me, all week, or even a couple of weeks for an expansion it is just not enough. I, there has to be more. Now, you see, that said, I, though, I, I was going to say I follow. I'll follow that up with my only complaint so far. That said, <laughs> while not all of zones were spectacular, Stormheim was good, but I didn't think it was spectacular. Um, the High Mountain, I only got through half. I'm not done yet, so maybe it gets significantly better. But then I bounced to Asuna. And I did that zone and I finished it. That is, I'm, I'm trying to think of just how high I would put that in top five, maybe even would be within top three of questing in wow over the years, like probably in top five somewhere. It was amazingly cool. I absolutely adored the storyline. I was worried too much of it would have to do underwater kind of thing because of the nag element. No, you're all on land and you're dealing with a uh, like a lot of of 
elves that were never able to release themselves from their bodies. So you got a lot of yeah. ghosts. The stories with the ghosts, especially when you go into the academy, the the magic academy. I can't remember what the the name was exactly there, but where they the teachers are all still there. It's all ghosts. And you're you like mean Harry, Harry Potter and wow. Yeah, that was awesome. Fucking amazing. And I'm not even a Harry Potter fan. And I was like, holy crap, this is cool. You open up books for somebody who wants some help with some research. You open up the books and he's researching different creatures. You're transported into the book and they change the look of it. So it looks like you're fighting on parchment paper. You're inside. It uses that's a, actually this, that's actually fil- exactly well, I, the filter for the camera. A, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I recognize it, but it, it works so perfectly like you're in the fucking book fighting the, the creatures. And I'm going, that was awesome. And then where you're drawing the ruins and all kinds of other things like there was some really, really cool stuff. Interesting questing that wasn't just go kill 10 of these, which there's far too much in this game. Plus there's far too many bosses or whatever mini bosses that you come across that you get to like 5% and it's like, I've tired of this. And then they storm off same as they did in fucking warlords all the time that I hated. Yeah. That's my say that I will say that that, I think that tropes a little overused. Um, Yeah. But my only, my basically I agree with everything you said. The only thing that I've come across that I don't, I don't want to say I don't like, I like it, but I hate it at the same time is the minute I hit max level, there's too much shit to do. Like I was just flooded with things to do or could that I could do and choices and things. It was borderline overwhelming. And apparently my dog agrees. (laughs) Well, I haven't, the highest I have is I think one Oh four now. So, and we're going to talk more about it as we progress and as we're playing through it kind of thing. Cause there are, like I said, there were some good quest lines that I thoroughly enjoyed. I'm doing the elf area now. What the hell is that one called again? Valshara. Valshara. Yeah, I'm doing that. Valshara is really good. Like it has one of the, the better stories. It also has one of them. Valshara is the feels zone of this expansion. Every fucking, everybody dies. <laughs> It, it gets yeah, it gets worse. It's like everybody's dying to go. What the fuck is going on in this expansion? They're like trimming the roster, <laughs> and so no, oh, I I enjoy. I'm about halfway also, through. Now. It also has some of the best voice acting in the game so far, though. Too like later I, on in that zone. I will say that voice acting in in Legion is both among the best they've ever done and among the worst. I think because some of the voice acting is so bad it's unbelievable but then you get some of them where you're going like oh my god that was spectacular so yeah i was hit or miss with the voice acting overall yeah i also think there's some there's a lot of um there's a lot of dad jokes in this expansion um which are just like really horrible things and cliches which are i I'm not a dad joke fan, but even I thought they were hilarious. Oh, some of them were. Yeah, some of them. Some were of them damn were good. Fantastic. Well, that, that's the really thing fun. is going back to the characters. Some of the characters, even yeah. even though they're just throwaway characters that are only there for a little bit, are really well written, and not just well written. They're well rounded. Like when you're doing the quests in, I want to say Stormheim. Yeah, Stormheim because you're doing the dragon stuff. Um, that female undead character that helps Colin. you along. Captain Colin. She is freaking awesome. 
I she's would, good for the best quips, too. I would quest with her forever. And then you have the mana addict in um, in uh, Asuna as well. The elf who's a mana addict. Freaking hysterical. Unbelievable, great voice acting. So, yeah, some of the characters make up for everything else because they're so much fun to be around. I also love some of the ironic moments like uh, where Winnie the Pooh, who uh, sends you to go talk to a talking tree. thought that was uh, a where little tongue in In Stormheim. It's, it's, I call him Winnie the Pooh, but it's the voice of Javi. It's, oh, okay. It's Jim Cummings. Okay, okay. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. No, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And he sends you to go talk to a talking tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, really? You're sending me to a tree? Really? Okay. I didn't, I didn't recognize his voice. He did a he does a really good job of disguising his voice in subtle ways. But yeah, I I, I agree with you. And some of some of the voice acting is fantastic. Some of it seems like almost like they tried to throw too much in later on. Like some of the the minor characters, especially in like some of the dungeons and story quests, they're almost seem like they wanted to make them voice at the last second. And so just kind of like pick somebody from the office because there's not a whole lot of information on the voice actors out there. Yeah. Which I think is interesting is that's the first expansion that they haven't released a full list of the voice actors. So, like I said, we will talk about it more as we go through and we find interesting things. It's it's very linear. So if you're playing you and you're doing the same zones kind of thing, you're going to go through the same thing that we will because you basically have to in order to proceed in, in those individual zones and whatnot. But still, there's some really, really cool story elements that it would be fun to discuss at a later time once we've gone through more. The patch 7.1 is going to be coming out soon and there's going to be more with that being introduced Karazan. as well. Yeah, Karazhan for sure. And from what we saw with Karazhan, it is not just a reskinning of the same thing they are really going all up by the look of it did you watch the video yeah. for that yeah it looks freaking awesome yeah. oh i yeah yeah that looks fantastic i i i love everything i'm seeing for the, they still haven't announced a bunch of stuff but it does look like there's going to be some uh potential use of some very old unused assets and that makes me super excited plus the the weird. I, did you see the level that looked like it was straight out of um, uh, what you call it, uh, Super Castlevania? Yes. Yes. I, I'm. I, I can't wait for this. Yeah. So, anyways, that is going to wrap up the episode for this week. Thank you for listening. Of course, you can find the show notes at For the Lore. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher. You can find us on Twitter at For the Lore or individually Joe's Lurders at J. Vince is, is Simodian and I am Zen Buddhist. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Bright and early next morning He brought my letter back She wrote upon it Return to sender Address unknown Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, ManelliJamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs. Person. <laughs>